And welcome to the Monday Night Scores, the wrestling podcast covering the epic battle for rating supremacy between WWF Raw and WCW Monday Nitro. We relive the war, skirmish by skirmish, to decide which show we think should have won the fight for viewing figures that week. We then reveal which show actually did take the gold in the Nielsen ratings using our golden envelope. This week, there's no Raw, as Vinnie Mac and the team take five for their Christmas hauls. But fear not, there's no such slackening here from the Monday Night Scores, lads, as we've got a two-part 1995 Christmas special spectacular for you, with part one covering the Christmas episode of Monday Nitro and part two grappling with WCW's Starcade pay-per-view extravaganza, which took place two days later. You will not want to miss it. But we'll start by introducing ourselves. I am one of your hosts, my name is Steve, and I am, as always, joined by a man who takes, on average, 25 minutes to carefully open each of his Christmas prezies. Why? So he can save the wrapping paper and reuse it at a later date, which is why, in his words, he's not bought wrapping paper in 23 years. The absolute Scrooge. It's the one and only nitpicker, sorry, not cracker, no, it was nitpicker Jim. All right, Jim? <laughs> that was one of my creative uh, intros, that one, wasn't it? <laughs> I've seen you do it. Nice. Save a bit of money. <laughs> and I'm also joined by a man still reeling by his homeland's theft of his beloved Don Carlo Ancelotti. Oh, the irony. It's lost Liam. All right, Liam. Hello, Steve. How are we? I'm all right, Liam. How are you doing, more importantly? Uh, I'm just trying to process everything this week see it's going to take a while i think glad i've got something to distract myself with (laughs) (laughs) all right jim keep your party hat on i'll get you placed in history with some debatably interesting christmas cultural reference points here we go let's set the scene the date is the 25th of december 1995 this week a new film topped the box office charts lads Waiting to Exhale, no, I'd never heard of it neither. The directorial debut of Forrest Whitaker made Jumanji's time atop the charts short-lived. Dallas Cowboys running back Emmett Smith broke the NFL record for touchdowns in a season after scoring his 25th against the Arizona Cardinals. And absolute banger, California Love by Tupac featuring Dr. Dre was released. Who knew it was a Christmas song? <laughs> I'm just surprised Toy Story's not still knocking about. <laughs> Me too. It's a top forever. <laughs> right, now we know what we were nipping off to watch at the movie theatre for a holiday treat, what we were applauding unless we were a Christmas cardinal, and what we were headbanging to in our imaginary Yuletide lowriders. Let's see how Eric Bischoff tried to compete with that lot. There'll be incomprehensible Dusty Rhodes promos, paycheck earning, overtime working, sunny Onos. But no white Christmas appropriate Al Snows. Jesus, let's get cracking. And we kick off with WCW for the Merry Christmas edition of Monday Nitro. And we are not live, for this is 
pre-recorded, I honestly don't blame you, Eric, as it is Christmas after all, but you have spent the last umpteen weeks stressing how you were live and the competition wasn't, so it's quite satisfying to sound the hypocrite alarm for you in this intro as you carefully phrase your intro spiel, saying, They are live here tonight! Yeah, good effort, Eric, but nah, come on, mate, terrible, terrible, absolute hypocrite. Have we not got a hypocrite alarm set up? That's the sort of oh, thing yeah, I no, you, you but, normally have ready. <laughs> but by the time this goes live, Jim, one might have been inserted in the edit. <laughs> Super. Anyway, we are therefore still in the Augusta Richmond County Civic Centre in Augusta, Georgia, as this show was pre-recorded after the last live Nitro. We head to the announced platform and Mongo inevitably kicks us off with... Santa Pepe wants to say Merry Christmas to everybody here tonight. And for all the bones and dog food in the world, Pepe, who is sporting the most world's most depressing Santa costume, could not look more like he's the subject of an Al-Qaeda <laughs> hostage video if he tried. <laughs> it's a cry for help, this. It really is. All I can picture, right? You're dead right there. It is a cry for help. It's all I can picture. If you've seen the South Park Peter episode, where there's that cross-species monstrosity looking at the carer as the riot and carnage unfolds, and it's imploring to the camera going, No! Kill me! Kill me! That's, that's all I can see from Pepe now, and that's it. I'll hear nothing more on the matter. <laughs> but the action tonight begins as Lex Luger with Jimmy Hart takes on Scotty Riggs. We uh, continue Luger's strenuous tune-up for Starcade in the triangle match with another eagerly anticipated contest involving the American males. This week, it's the turn of Scotty Riggs, who is looking to level the score in aggregate after Luger went over against Marcus Alexander Bagwell on last week's episode of Nitro. Riggs gets the same job of treatment Bagwell received last week with no entrance music, and he waits in the ring strangely. No Bagwell in his corner, though, this week, um, as Luger and Jimmy Hart make their entrance. I loved a bit here at the beginning uh, when Luger's trying to flex, but he can't initially because of how close Jimmy Hart is standing to him. So, so he throws out a quick stir and a few verbals. <laughs> so Jimmy Hart just takes us a slow backwards step, allowing the total package to flex the muscles to the crowd. Absolutely pop for that. I just cracked up with it. Um, and it just got me thinking how bad would... Well, I mean, it's already bad to ha- having to endure Luger on a weekly basis, but if he didn't have <laughs> Jimmy Hart alongside him, it oh. would be torture, wouldn't oh, it? It, man, would be, it, really it'd be, would. it'd be painful. Um, we get things underway with the lads locking up, and it's Luger, surprisingly, who starts on the front foot, landing some heavy blows and a shoulder tackle before stopping to flex to the crowd. We don't deviate from the norm for too long as Riggs lands consecutive drop kicks before a flying forearm to the head of the total package sends Luger spilling to the outside and things start to slow down. This already feels very similar to last week's contest, doesn't it? Oh, completely, yeah. This break in proceedings allows Luger to get back into the contest. He starts working on Riggs in the corner, landing a number of stomps and punches to slow the pace of the match right down. Um, and Luger whips Riggs into the opposite corner of the ring, but misses with a charging clothesline that Riggs avoids before he uses an arm drag and arm bar submission to get back into this one. Uh, Riggs continues to impress. Uh, this time he uses the ropes to land a, another another arm drag uh, that sends Luger's shoulder first into the ropes uh, before Riggs starts to target the shoulder. Uh, this continues for a bit longer as some, as some more rope running culminates in Luger assuming the idiot position uh, that Riggs telegraphs before landing another arm drag. Um, Riggs clearly following the Marty Gennetti wrestling rule book of showcasing <laughs> one move excessively. Uh, and it's at this point that Eric Bischoff pipes up that uh, Luger is not on top of his game. 
Uh, and I can't believe it's taken this long for him to establish that. <laughs> Do you mean? This is... And nor this... has he been for the last four months. Yeah. <laughs> this is going beat for beat, the way a Luger match always tends to go, doesn't it? Totally. Um, totally. Or a job guy kicks a shit out of him and then he fucking scrapes <laughs> yeah. It's just been the same since we started uh, the wars. It's just been the same, hasn't it? Luger hooks the rope as he's about to bounce back uh, and this results in a missed drop kick from uh, Riggs but Riggs stays in control as he lands a flying body press when he bounces back from the ropes that knocks Luger down to the mat for a close to mm. fall look good Scotty uh, yeah he did he, 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 he got a bit more time than um, Bagwell did last week yeah uh, and he did look a bit more athletic didn't he in he this did, one definitely yeah so when you mentioned he got more time, Liam, at the start of the match, Mongo was making a comment, a few comments about how, you know, Scotty Riggs, he's not in the same league as, as, as Luger and, you know, he's, he's going to be a complete walkover, etc. So it's just to bury him even further, making him play even more of a mock. He went 15 minutes or whatever it was with Scotty Riggs. Shocking. Oh, man. Oh, brilliant. It's a total contradiction for Mongo. Love it. I missed that as well. That's how easy it is to zone out when, uh, when there's a Luger yeah, contest. Yeah, yeah. Correct. <laughs> Oh, and Mongo's talking. <laughs> <laughs> Luger blocks a suplex from Riggs before uh, picking uh, Riggs up in the suplex position himself and sending him stomach first onto the ropes. Mm. Uh, this is followed by a very clumsy looking clothesline from the total package that sends one half the American males to the outside where he falls into the guardrail. Uh, Luger uses the suplex again, this time to send Riggs from the outside apron back into the ring, uh, and this gets a close two fall. We get a nice sequence from Riggs here, who firstly uses a big boot to halt a Luger charge in the corner before a few headshots, a back body drop, and then an inside cradle gets Riggs another close two count. Mm. I mean, again, we, we, I know we're, we're, we're banging on about it, but the, the close two falls are just racking up once again, aren't they? The, they're totally burying uh, Lex Luger here. <laughs> Um, Riggs decides to head up top uh, but a missed drop kick sends us towards our textbook finish for a Lex Luger contest uh, Luger uses the power slam as always to uh, to slam Riggs as he bounces back from the rope straight into the mat before picking him up and locking him straight into the torture rack it's just the crowd, the crowd though, they, they always pop for this, don't they? they, they it's we always staggering. Get a, it we is get a nice reaction. Staggering. Always for the torture rack. They fucking love it. The to- it's the world's worst move. It's yeah. nothing worse yeah, than but- the torture rack. <laughs> well, there's been no reaction from him all, all the way through this, but once once uh, Luger popped the uh, the torture rack on, that was it. They, they, they popped for it. <sighs> Riggs taps almost instantly and the bell sounds for the submission and Lex Luger, once again, is your winner despite looking second best in a contest. Yeah, I think my uh, my favourite part of this match, you didn't mention it, Liam, was um, you mentioned when he was working the shoulder, Scotty Riggs was working Luger's shoulder. He'd get a few arm locks away from the floor. Did you see when Luger tapped out? But he very clearly... <laughs> what? No, it's at the match. No, I missed it. Yeah, so <laughs> that's, 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 well, last week, which and now obviously there's been a tape show, so... Early, earlier recording of this when it was live Luger's next to us about what submission means telling us it means to give up when we already fucking know turns, oh, out Luger, yeah. turns out Luger doesn't know when someone's got you in a submission hold what you're not meant to do is start screaming in pain and bang them back with one hand that, that, that is clearly the universal signal for tapping out that's what he, what he did so Scotty Riggs has been oh, robbed man, there he has nearly one with the most basic that. move of all time <laughs> missed it missed it wow So up next, we've got Sting taking on Big Bubba, but on his way down the ramp, Sting is accosted by Mean Gene, who throws a microphone into his face. Mean Gene interviews Sting, 
but then bricks it at Sting's delayed pyro going off behind him and responding with, whoa, just a minute, Merry Christmas, everybody, like an absolute <laughs> head case. And I, I'm not lie, I didn't listen for the next 10 minutes. I absolutely popped, I it's popped like, at Gene, Gene absolutely jitting it. It was like a twitch. Whoa, Merry Christmas. Like, it does that. You've got absolute, absolute, absolutely crackers. I mean, it totally distracted me. And that was no bad thing because the promo was shite. Sting has asked about Ian Luger at Starcade, and the Sting responds, Oh, come on, Mean Gene, enough with this question. What are you, some kind of investigative reporter? To which Mean Gene, without, without batting an eyelid, says, If needs be, yes. I just <laughs> sandbags it. It's great. It's then usual fare as Sting just waffles about how Lex snapped, but he could have snapped for the wrong reasons or the right ones. We just don't know. Sorry, who snaps for the right <laughs> reasons? Hang on, hang on, Sting. Anyway, this was all absolute bollocks and totally pointless. Let's move on. <laughs> so Sting, he's done his, his terrible promo, which we'll all hurry to forget. He's then made his way back to the back. He must have passed Big Bubba Rogers, who was coming out for his match with Sting. Must have confused Big Bubba Rogers. <laughs> Big Bubba Rogers clearly is confused quite easily as he has come out, as he always does, in his full suit, shirt, his tie, belt braces, everything. He's got the lot on. He's in there, dressed as inappropriately as ever. He gets in the ring. Then Sting comes back. Done a, done a, done a, done a 180 in, the, in, the, in Gorilla. He's come, the music's back on. Here comes Sting. And by the time Sting has made it to the ring, Bubba has uh, he's ditched the jacket, the tie's gone, he's rolled Instantly. up his sleeves, he's undone a load of his buttons. And I'm, <laughs> so he's rapid fire, undressing. Has he not got? Is he, is he refusing to go in the locker room? Or something? What is going he's on? arrived straight from work, right? He does a nine to five, right? He turns it's up. It's outrageous. It's ludicrous. And then does he spend ages after the match going around picking his gear up after he's folded <laughs> it and put it by ringside? Yeah. <laughs> Cufflinks. <laughs> yeah. Tie clip. Yeah, I was just wondering all It made me wonder as well. I mean, we never see these kind of spots these days, but what if someone picked the steps up and they hadn't realised all Sting, all, all Bob Rogers' gear was on? He's picked them up and they've got all, the, all the, the tie and the belt, the shoes, the belt, the braces have all fallen off. It could cause absolute chaos. Just get changed beforehand. Um, anyway... Let's crack on with this. So, like Lex Luger before him, Sting, he had a bit of bother winning this one, but at least this match was against a formidable opponent, not some lowly tag team guy. I like the idea that you ever given the, the, the triangle match participants a bit of a tough test before the, uh, mm-hmm. the big event as, as something of a warm-up, and, and yeah. Big Bubba is, is, is perfect fodder for, for such a role, isn't he? Um, he had Sting on the back foot for large parts of the match, hitting Enziguri early doors, which was quite... Eye-catching, certainly didn't see that coming. Incredible. I can't think of any other times I've seen him do that, and maybe someone of Bubba's size probably shouldn't be, but fair fucks to him. Still, it looked pretty good. Did. Sting, the match is, is, is fairly it, kind of one pace. Sting tries to mount a few comebacks, but Bubba quashes them pretty quickly, and, and that looked to be what was happening Again, as we arrived at the surprise finish, so Sting's getting on the top turn, Buckley's about to go for a crossbody. A big bubba darts over, he gets the classic Ric Flair, thumb to the eye to stop him. And then Bubba's setting him up for the superplex off the top. But Sting kind of rolls through and like hits an inside, locks in an inside cradle. Yeah, yeah. Did look a bit clumsy coming off the turnbuckle. 
Um, but still, he hung on, gets the gets the pinfall win. It's solid stuff, as Sting matches typically are. And, and you bought him toiling against an adversary of Big Bubba's caliber. So yeah, it was, it was to me this was this was a pretty steady warm up for the for the big triangle match. Yes, but on. I yeah. was uh, quite like this. I thought Big Bubba. Uh, the, uh, the more I see him, the more I like him. Like he was he was cracking again. Um, the big thing that stuck out to me though was was his music on the way in. Which probably isn't the best best thing about the match, but um, uh, it sounds like a Destruction Derby menu soundtrack. If I'm playing Destruction <laughs> Derby, it's that kind of Jerry chugging. And then he was he was only um, he was out uh, outshone by Sting, who once again was staggered by his own pyro. It happens every time, and every time he's like, you know, like, oh wow, man, this is great. Like, see, you just big, big cool thing. Is, I know, I know, yeah. <laughs> but worse this time. The worst thing Sting did this time. You know those like light, I don't know what the filters, stencils that project images onto the onto the ramp, and Sting has a oh, scorpion, yeah, yeah. and he was he was making the camera look at them, going, like, "Isn't this amazing? Look at oh, it's a scorpion in light." <laughs> Sting, mate, be fucking cool. It's a fucking oh. scorpion stencil on some fucking light fixtures. Jesus Christ. <laughs> He's a bit of a naughty man, any Sting. He really yeah. is. Bless him. He's just he's just not cool. Did you uh, did you pick up on uh, Bischoff during the match telling us about Hogan's suspension? Trying to sell like you know Hogan's now suspended until the end of ninety five, like it's months <laughs> off. It sound like it was a long time. Yeah. Six days away from the end of ninety five, with no more severe punishments. Yeah. We've given him Christmas off. <laughs> yeah, take, think on Hulk. Think yeah. on Hulk. Don't Have Christmas off with the kids, or you'll end up with yeah. Christmas off. <laughs> Yeah, we've got Rick Flo's in the main event and he's just been like levering people for weeks. Following Sting's victory, we've we've obviously got a break between matches, so what else could we do in this spot other than have a a mean Gene Auckland interview? And this time he's pulled out uh, Lex Luger and Jimmy Hart for, for a bit of a chat. So we've got more questions from mean Gene about the situation between Sting and Luger. Just like Sting, the, the package doesn't have much to say about the matter, not, nothing, no developments, no revelations. Luger then says, or at least I think he says, I mean, you can correct me here as well because <laughs> I did not get this at all. He doesn't give Mean Gene the details that he wants. He then says, when you talk about a triangle match, you can't have a more pyramidia matchup. Yeah. <laughs> did he say that? Yeah. I think That's so. what I'm sure he said. A more pyramidia matchup. He's fucking shite in the ring, and he's even worse on the microphone. A more pyramidia matchup. I, I, I rewound it several times. I think what the fuck he said there. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. What does that mean? A more pyramidia matchup, and it's a triangle, different shapes. You fucking bellend. <laughs> I was cracking up at the Gene just turning up with a Santa hat this time. <laughs> no, but he didn't have it he's on before. Been, he's That's definitely been horsing down some eggnogs in the back. <laughs> So I was, I was, I was just flawed at, at the beginning, but then when Luger popped that out, I was just, what an idiot! Oh man, oh, what a joker! It's just gobsmacking, isn't it? It's gobsmacking. And then, then after this, we get an abysmal segment involving Sergeant Craig Pittman. So you may remember last time on Night Raw, the Pitbull, he was looking for someone to manage him. So he waits until Jimmy Hart starts his side of the promo. He waits until Jimmy Hart is in mid floor before going up to ask him, you had all day, Craig Pittman, <laughs> like a you had all day in the back, 
Never mind all the time building up the week before this to ring him. Could have rang him, could have spoke to him, waited until the mic gets to the lips, start speaking right, I'm going to ask him now. Now's the time to ask him. Um, Pittman, he's shocking, he's shocking. Like, again, oh, he's, he's even worse, I think. He's I think reciting he some scripted lines. I want to go where he is going. Will you manage me, Jimmy Hart? He said it like a proposal <laughs> word. He wasn't on one knee. But it was like that was him saying all the words for No, it was it's like it so it, wooded. It's like he's got it written on the back of his hand or on, on the lip of his fucking sergeant's cap or whatever, you know what I mean? I want to go where he's going. <laughs> I mean, was, we've covered it. Acting is hard, right? But but, but we're better than oh, that. Yeah. It you was know? it was straight out of a, a biff and chip book, wasn't it? That that line. <laughs> I want to go where he is going. Will you manage me, Jimmy Hart? <laughs> Jimmy Hart. <laughs> it was just as bad last week. And this is like, it almost feels like someone's taking the piss, doesn't it? Like, what can we do to get Pittman over? We'll give him a storyline where he has to do the one thing he's absolutely atrocious at. You know what I mean? And do it lots. Yeah. Oh, God. Dreadful, dreadful stuff. Awful. And what's all this with fucking Luger calling himself the uncrowned champion? Yeah. Just took him oh. 15 minutes to be a job guy. And yeah. he barely did. And he, and I, I hear somebody tapped out halfway through the match, but <laughs> <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> he's, he's not, he can't be the uncrowned champion. This is a farce. He can't think that. But, but anyway, back to focus on this dreadful segment. Hart tells Pittman he's made a right, the right choice in who he wants to be as a manager. But then yeah. he demands... It all takes a bit of a macabre turn, this, doesn't it? But he demands Pittman uh, takes his shirt off. I it's mean, weird. what was going on? What <laughs> was going what was on? Happening. Pittman, take your shirt off. Um, <laughs> so then Hart instructs Pittman, once he has removed said shirt, to do a comparison between his own body and that of Lex Luger, before pointing out that Lex Luger is clearly superior, so why would he want to manage Pittman? He could have just said, Craig, listen back <laughs> to what you've just asked me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not going to be your fucking manager. Yeah, what would you say? What, <laughs> what would you, you say? Just the way around. Um, he then hands Craig Pittman a quarter, which Pittman takes, which oh, takes yeah. off him. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it tells him to go call someone to be his manager. Takes the quarter. I couldn't believe he took it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. How to make yourself look like an absolute moron in 10 exactly. seconds or less. Exactly. Topless takes the quarter. <laughs> 25 cents takes it. And then without much of a comeback, he just kind of has a bit of an angry face and retreats to the back. I think he made to look the biggest chump on fucking Monday Night Raw. And that takes some fucking doing when you stood next to the next Luger. Oh, unbelievable. Correct. What Correct. was this? Did you hear the line at the, at the very end from... Um... From Jimmy Hart, once he'd given him the quarter, he, oh, uh, yeah. he asked him to ring a manager who needs a few good men. <laughs> and obviously, with him being part of the armed forces kind of thing, I thought that was quite, quite, quite genius from uh, from Hart. It was, it was the only trying to good salvage this whole thing, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah he's trying to. He, he, yeah, he did his best to salvage it at the very end. <laughs> Too late, damage. But yeah, it was car crash. It was car crash yeah, TV. Pittman's career's over now, and we move on to <laughs> Dean Malenko versus Mr. JL. So they often have matches like this, don't they, on Nitro, featuring like two guys that you only see sporadically. And yeah. They never get much of a go on the mic, so you have, don't have much of a reason to care don't about care. No. The re- either of them or the result. And 
yeah, it's just a, a, more of a, a, like an exhibition, isn't it? A one-off between two lads who they think are going to put on a good show. Yep. And in that regard, I thought these two don't disappoint here, and it, this was a good match. But it's, it's just no, no, I agree. It's just filler material, isn't it? Basically, is, yeah. As you say, no reason to care. Like he can, you know. And I am a lover of this type of match. Like this is this is brilliant for me. The technical slick, all over the shop, brilliant. But fundamentally, you need to care, and if you don't. It's always going to be nothing more than you know popcorn match. There you go. Ah, oh, cool. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, as, as you say, Steve, it's a, it's fast paced. There's, there's loads of reversals, counters. There's jail. There's an outrageous big cannonball off the apron. Yes, like, indeed. To yes, the outside, yes, midway yes. through, it looked like it fucking knacked. Well, his 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 both legs clattered against yeah. the, the metal barricade as he did it. Clattered. I went. God, just winced watching it. Unbelievable. It really did look painful. Um, is that you doing the long jump lane, wasn't it? The old tailbone. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 know, I knew what he was going through here. Yeah, it, was grim. it was grim for Mr. JL. Um, <laughs> How is the old coccyx, Liam? It's Selma Bend. It Good. Bend. Good, you can sit down. Lesson, lessons have been learned. <laughs> <laughs> it's the main thing. Sorry, Liam, back in the ring. Back in the ring. Uh, Malengo, it's, it's a great-looking side-breaker off the top rope. And it kind of leads to the end of the match where Malengo clamps on the Malengo leg lock, causing Mr. Jail to submit, which means to give up. Yes, <laughs> that's Jim makes the <laughs> clarification. Have we heard of the, the Malenko leg lock before? Have we seen it? I, 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 I thought I'd missed I, it. I thought we might have once right, before. Okay. It did look very um, different, didn't it? I yeah, seen... I hadn't clocked it or heard the term yeah, that I was I aware of, Malenko leg lock, yeah, but I like it. Good. Yeah, he locks it on and he, then JL uh, taps out straight away and that's that really. Following that, we get a quick pull up more from uh, Ric Flair just before the main event. He tells us he's going to beat Savage and win the title. Jimmy Hart is out quickly again. Another another, another episode from Jimmy Hart. <laughs> uh, he apologises this time profusely. He's all um, yeah, apologetic on behalf of the Taskmaster from last week and there's a lot of things to apologise for on behalf of the Taskmaster. <laughs> we're aware that it's good of Jimmy Hart to do that at Christmas. Um, <laughs> Of course, the Taskmaster last week got a bit shirty with a horseman, didn't he? About Pillman Indeed. being a bit hot-headed and whatnot. Yeah. Um, Hart then asks if he can stand in Flair's corner for the title match because Hart claims he owes Flair one after Flair saved him from a beating at the hands of Macho Man a few weeks ago. Jimmy Hart is a man who always pays his debts, apparently. So this is a, a bit of a face move from the mouth yeah, of the South. It totally is, yeah. It doesn't fit at all, this, does it? No, it, it was very odd. Anyway, um, Flair agrees to it and on we go to the title match. So we're at the main event time, fellas, and as always, I like to clock, you know, the time remaining on a on a nitro episode. <laughs> got to do it. Got to got to be done. We've got twenty minutes left, so it's uh, strap yourselves in time here. So God, good your loins. If you do nod off, if you do nod off, then don't worry about it. <laughs> main event time this week, we've got uh, Randy Savage going up against Ric Flair. So we've got the next instalment in Macho Man's title reign. A title defence against the dirtiest player in the game, given away for Freeman's two days before Starcade. <laughs> uh, anyway, Flo's music hits first and he's joined by Jimmy Hart. Uh, we get some kids in the crowd with the four-fingered horseman salute in the air. So we've got some support once again for Flo, which has been, been good to see, I think, over the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, your heel character getting a bit of, uh, yeah, bit of the spotlight. Yeah. Um, Macho's music hits, but it's a, a kind of, of a deflated response this time from the crowd, mm. um, especially for your face champion. Um, and Macho takes his jacket off when he's in the ring and he tosses it in the direction of Fleur, which is a bit of a heel move, so I don't mm. know what's going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the start, the, the, the confusion continues here because 
the lads lock up initially uh, before Randy Anderson jumps in and, and pulls Macho away. I don't know why that was. Fleur leads this off in, in traditional fashion. He slows the pace right down with an eye gouge before delivering the infamous Fleur chops to Savage in the corner. <laughs> he yeah. follows this up with a snapmare before missing with a standing knee drop that allows the momentum to swing in Macho's favour. Uh, Macho drags Fleur across the ring by the leg and then continues to target this leg by slamming Fleur's knee against the ring post consecutively. Uh, Savage then locks Fleur in the figure four submission in the ultimate disrespect move, mm. but the crowd barely reacts to this. I, I, and I think, if we're being honest, on on the whole, the crowd has been very stale this 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 entire episode. I think. I mean, um, having discovered that it was a pre-record and that we got yeah, it tacked yeah. onto the last one, it now makes a lot more sense because everyone's just I've seen everything twice now. Yeah, um, it's, I, I, and if you if we look at last week's episode as well, it's pretty much the same card, isn't it? Exactly. You know, so. Totally. Totally. I mean, you think Lex and the <laughs> and the American males, one after the <laughs> other, on the same night. The oh. first leg of the American males. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been stale though, hasn't it? We, uh, totally. uh, all the way through this, they've, they've, they've barely offered a reaction and it was the same here. Totally. Randy Anderson intervenes once more here as Macho is landing some heavy blows in the corner and the, this pause allows Fleur to land a low blow while the referee isn't looking and Macho is thrown to the outside. Jimmy Hart takes over here and starts to stomp uh, to, on Macho as Fleur is distracting the referee, only stopping once the referee has turned back around uh, and Fleur starts to take over here. He starts to work Macho on the outside of the ring as we head to the break and the first Starcade plug of the evening, fellas. Yeah. I mean, the... the this this pay per view, consider, consider it's the granddaddy of them all uh, for WCW. It's something <laughs> yeah. something marketed well, has it, over the past couple of weeks? It's foreshadowing. We the, task ma- the Taskmaster hasn't. Uh, he's not been stepping up <laughs> for, for this one, has he? <laughs> We've not been reminded on a weekly basis. Uh, from and coming up is <laughs> start. Yeah, all right, get away, Taskmaster. You did right. You did right. Eh? But I mean, at least this time we we get a run through of the uh, the wrestlers that are going to be involved. Oh, I in mean the, something uh, interesting the about the preview that I actually care about that might make me buy yeah. it. Yeah, it's a good point. But they, they have literally waited till you know two days before the pay per view <laughs> for this. I've already got post Christmas plans. See the family now. I can't. <laughs> yeah. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, horsing down some eggnogs. It's already in the uh, diary. <laughs> <laughs> Booked in. <laughs> in. I got the egg dog on order. Get in, mean Gene. Get him down, yeah. Horse <laughs> in the back. What a guy. Which to me, to me just, uh, just it conjures images of him filling shot glasses with him. <laughs> That's all good. Doing his shot at a time and making that noise as he does it. That's all I can, all I can imagine. Oh, sorry. What a line, what a line. It's incredible. When we're back from the break, uh, Fleur is continuing his dominance as Macho is struggling to stand and he's sloped against the guardrail. Uh, both wrestlers head back into the ring here and Fleur goes through his repertoire of dirty shenanigans, <laughs> chokeholds, elbows, stomps before going to work on Macho's injured arm. Fleur is using the ropes with his legs to apply more pressure to Macho's injured arm using a hammerlock before Savage managed to wriggle out of this and tries to mount a comeback landing a clothesline when bouncing back off the ropes for a two-fall before a backslide gets another two-fall for the champ. Bobby Heenan at this point ridicules Savage for not concealing a weapon when taping up his injured arm. I mean, <laughs> what does he want here? <laughs> Some brass knocks or something. It's, not, it's totally out of character. He's not Savage hasn't come back in. 
I didn't get this at all from Heenan. But yeah, anyway, he's, he's lambasting Savage. He's, say, he's saying he's, he isn't an intelligent guy. Uh, he should be conceding weapons in there, so he's missing a trick, apparently. Fleur and Savage exchange punches and chops before we get the classic Fleur begging for mercy spot, oh, uh, which Savage isn't buying. But this leads to an unseen low blow once again from Fleur that knocks the wind out of the champion. Again, I note here that the, the crowd is is you know so flat, so yeah. asleep. I, yeah. I'm looking around and there's no one on the feet. And as we say, this this pre-recording has totally gone against WCW here. Yeah. You know, it's 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 dead, isn't it? It's lifeless in this uh, this arena. We head back from another break and, and we're greeted instantly by uh, Fleur delivering some heavy chops to Savage in the corner. However, this is the catalyst for a Savage comeback as he fights his way out of the corner before landing a big back body drop as Fleur bounces back from the corner. Uh, Fleur sells a, an Irish whip superbly into the corner. He spins 360 to the outside apron. Oh, great. But he tries to catch a quick breather. Um, but Savage, he, he heads up top here, but misses with a flying double axe handle as he comes off the top turnbuckle. Fleur being able to get out of the way at the very last moment. Uh, both wrestlers, though, they don't, you know, they don't stop proceedings here. They head straight back into the ring where they continue to, to exchange moves. Uh, Savage successfully locking in a sleeper hold that Fleur counters with a nice shin drop. Uh, Fleur then works his injured legs, using the ropes to catapult his body weight onto it before dragging Savage into the middle of the ring and applying the figure four. Uh, Fleur is asking the ref to check for the DQ here and as Randy Anderson is doing this Fleur is holding onto the ropes to apply more pressure to the knee absolutely superb here from the dirtiest yeah. player in the game uh, eventually though Savage manages to, to work his way over to the ropes but, ref but Fleur refuses to drop the hold um, but Fleur eventually does concede drops a submission and as he goes up top Savage gets up to his feet and throws Fleur down from the top turnbuckle onto the mat we get a number of closed lines then from Savage but Fleur once again slows things down with a, a classic bulk to the eye mm -hmm. and as Fleur's locking in the sleeper hold Macho leans forward and it's Fleur who's sent face first into the turnbuckle I mean the, these lads are, are, are going all out here isn't it you know for, for a, a Nitro episode we're getting pay-per-view material here, I think yeah, I mean, this totally, has been a, totally. a back and forth uh, contest here Completely. As Fleur's coming back from the uh, from the turnbuckle, we get some some classic selling as he falls theatrically to the mats. You know, you, you see memes of this all the time, don't you? When <laughs> when Fleur's taking that that slow step Front and then bump, just yeah. instantly falls yeah. down. Yeah, I was I awesome. love that. I love seeing this from Fleur. Yeah. Um, and we 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 this this tends to happen now for the for the the rest of the contest. We get more back and forth. Mm -hmm. uh, Fleur attempts a pile driver at one point, uh, but Savage counters with a backdrop. Uh, Savage then lands a double axe handle from the top turnbuckle, which gets a, a nice two fall. Both men pouring a lot of en energy into this, and we head towards the finish. Savage is bouncing back uh, from the ropes, but as he's doing this, Jimmy Hart hooks the back leg, which causes Savage to, to, to spin round. He picks Hart up by the hair onto the apron. He punches uh, Hart to the floor, and as a result of this, Lex Lugas starts to sprint out from the back. He slides into the ring and starts to attack Macho. The referee sees this and calls for the bell. And and then this this literally then leads to Sting coming down. We you know we get all kinds of, of antics in the ring. We've got Sting and Fleur going at it in one corner and Macho and Lex in the opposite corner. The crowd finally convinces us here that they're still breathing and show some reaction <laughs> to this. Sting hits a nice looking stinger splash into into one side of the, yeah, the ring onto Fleur before throwing him out of the ring and Macho uh, empties Luger out of the ring as well on the other side of course he did <laughs> <laughs> yeah didn't take much did it <laughs> 
Sting and Macho then square off in the middle of the ring. They go nose to nose. They're teasing the crowd that they might go at it here. But as there is only 30 seconds left of the broadcast, we know that isn't going to happen. So the comm team, remembering that they've got an upcoming pay-per-view, do their very best to plug Starcade in the remaining eight seconds before we finally bring the curtain down on Nitro for 1995. No, don't forget So that was the December 25th, 1995 edition of WCW Monday Nitro. But what did we all make of it? Well, my ratings builders are... Build number one, Big Bubba. The more I see, the more I like. A massive bloke whose athleticism continues to impress. And I thought he worked really well with Sting. Great match. Build number two, Scotty Riggs. See above... I'd like to see a lot more of this bloke. I thought he was silky smooth in the ring. I thought he was... I was reasonably impressed with Bagwell last week, but I thought he was cut above Scotty Riggs. More Riggs, please. (laughs) (laughs) Big fan. And build number three. Mean Gene's pyro shock. Merry Christmas. (laughs) Horsing down Eggnogs last week, and now this. The man's on fire. Get in, Mean Gene. Liam, how about you? What were your Nitro ratings builders? Builder number one, very easily for me, was the main event. You got, you know, pay-per-view uh, material here for absolutely nothing. Didn't like the finish. I thought the finish could have been better, but uh, this was prime Ric Flair and Macho Man, so it was very entertaining. Great way to bring the curtain down. Builder number two, I'm going to go Jimmy Hart. As I've pointed out earlier on, uh, he does so much to try and get Lex Luger over and the comedic uh, getting in in Lex's uh, personal space when he's trying to flex just absolutely <laughs> cracked me up before and uh, the, the comment to Pitman about a few good men was genius as well so as always I, f- I feel I had to, uh, to to chuck some accolades his way this week so Jimmy Hart's builder number two Fair. and builder number three no Hulk Hogan <laughs> perfect Jim same question to you what were your Nitro ratings builders I've gone same as you, building one state, uh, Big Bo Rogers. Get in. Thought he, uh, thought he did well against Sting. Um, I remember a week ago, I saw a couple of weeks ago, where he had that shambolic match with Jim Duggan and the tape fists and the falling oh, objects, Christ. and it was a complete mess. But you take those things out of the equation, it turns out he's he's not bad. <laughs> what, when you when you take Jim Duggan out of a match, he's, it's all right? <laughs> Who'd have thought? <laughs> Who'd have thought? Yeah, so building number two, Dean Malenko getting a win. So, uh, as mentioned... Yeah, the match was entertaining, although it was clearly for the material. But uh, hopefully, it's the start of something resembling a push for the man, for the man of a thousand holes. That would be crossed. something I'd be in support of. And finally, building number three, I struggled with this. I was surprised, as we've mentioned before, surprised by the the huge pop that Lex Luger's torture rack got, and. I've included that because that was insane. I thought that was just insane. How are the people that into this? But yeah, there we fair. go. And over to the killers. And my killers are killer number one, the torture rack. 
<laughs> it's the worst finisher in the known world. Chiropractic back cracks are more devastating than this manoeuvre. Stop it, stop it now. Killer number two, Promageddon. Pittman, Luger, Sting, Jesus Christ. And killer number three. It's a weak one, this one, I appreciate, but bear with me. How good was it just for an episode to not be focusing on Hogan? So this killer is, have a look at what you could have won. Liam, same question to you. What were your Nitro ratings killers? Okay, so killers for me, number one, it's the Macho Man title reign. Uh, and it's not the fact that he's actually got the title, but the way that he's had to defend uh, the title in the main event. So we've, we've got another DQ this week, and that's three now, three in a row for Macho. Um, and uh, to be fair, since, since he's won the title, I think there's been some shoddy booking in terms of like uh, how a match is finished. And uh, I, I just don't like the way the, that he's being portrayed, really. It's kind of like second yeah. class, like Hogan's mocking him when he's on the show. and. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, they're, they're looking for him to drop it as, as quick as they can in, in, in the most idiotic way as well, aren't they? So, yeah, I've not I've not I've not enjoyed that because um, as we've commented on the, on his matches, they are they are always entertaining. So, yeah, I, I don't think it's really fair really on the on the, in terms of the guy's credentials. Uh, so yeah, so that's number one for me. Uh, killer number two, it's Sting on the mic. Um, you know, he gets himself caught up so many times when he's when he's being asked about dropping submission holds and he doesn't want to drop them for, you know, an infinity or till he (laughs) dies or whatever he's going on about that week. And, you know, we've had the big big dog promo and all kinds and I think it's best he stays off the mic, isn't he? Um, Because he is fantastic in the ring. So let's focus more on, you know, the in-ring ability. Totally. Uh, Killer number three, I'm going to put the crowd this week um, (laughs) because it just sucked. It sucked the life out of the whole, this whole episode of Nitro. Um, and we have, you know, alluded to it. The pre-recorded show, they, they probably are bored with seeing the same kind of matches, same wrestlers for, you know, half a day there. Uh, and it was, it was obvious when you were watching it. You know, the, yeah. the main events deserved a better crowd because I did think it was, it was quality, and uh, the crowd didn't give that. So it's on the on the killers list. Spot on, James. Same question to you. What were your Nitro ratings killers? So eerily, eerily, I've got the exact same. Killer is Liam at killer number one. So the, the, the DQ finish for the title match. Wow. Second week running. Yeah. We've had a run in during the title match. And uh, given what happened to Starkid, as we've mentioned, surely the Gav Macho Man get a win here. So as Liam said, since he's been champ, he's defended three times. Each time has ended in DQ with him losing twice. Shh. And he's also been battered by the Giant during a promo, which I think <laughs> makes him the only person to come off second best to the Giant since Cobra did. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of months ago in a squash match <laughs> the unruly serpent yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's like you said Liam is this the most pathetic title in history this yeah it's abysmal isn't it Dross. I, think, I think you're right poor macho poor macho it really is uh, killer number two is the Sergeant Craig Pittman fiasco I don't get why he's getting the push at all they've got, they've got so many great wrestlers we barely see yeah yeah Pittman is out there on a weekly basis these days. <laughs> At least his career is over now. At least his career is over now after that taking segment. His shirt. There's no way back after that. Taking his shirt, <laughs> taking, t- taking a quarter like he needs it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> embarrassing. It was. Oh God. It was car what crash. Are you car doing, crash Greg Pittman? Um, <laughs> and then the, the final, the final killer from me was. 
Lex Luger tapping out with Scotty Riggs had him in the arm lock telling us last week <laughs> what submission meant <laughs> turns out he didn't know what the fucking universe knowledge sign for submitting was just made himself look more of an idiot than he normally does incredible So that's it for part one of the 1995 Christmas Special Spectacular. Tune in next time for part two, where we'll cover the pay-per-view extravaganza Starcade 95, which features the World Cup of Wrestling as well as our own Monday Night Scores World Cup shootout. But until then, all that's left to say is thank you so much for listening. This has been the Monday Night Scores. Macho drags Fleur across the ring by the leg and then continues to target and then continues to target this well, I was just suddenly uh, developed a lisp. <laughs> Doctor Who's Targus. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's not gonna help either. It's the last thing you need. Last thing you need is an entertainment modifier. <clears throat> Yeah. <laughs>